Hey, it's your girl, Diamond Drip, bringing you the business strategies and personal development insights you need in 15 minutes or less. I didn't leave the house for nine days. Fear can paralyze you and your life. For me, the circumstances surrounding my fear were somewhat logical, but also the mind played a role. So the reason why I didn't leave the house for nine days was because, well, one, I was waiting to get new tires and I was waiting for the timing to line up with my next oil change. Unfortunately, Maryland was hit with a really big snowstorm that caused inches of snow to accumulate and therefore ice. So because I was waiting for the oil change, the snow kind of beat me to it. And I didn't feel safe with the baldness of my tires going out and venturing out of the neighborhood, which hadn't been plowed yet, or into the streets where I know black ice can typically lie. So that was one reason. And it was all around safety. There was a very real logical fear that I would skid, that I would get into an accident. And so because of safety reasons and not having adequate tires, I didn't leave. But there were two other reasons that popped up in the course of those nine days that had nothing to do with safety. So one of the days I had to go and clean off my car twice because we received snow on two days that actually stuck and caused, you know, inches of snow to accumulate. After the first time that I cleaned off my car, I knew that I wasn't going to have enough time to get everything done the way that I would want to in the limited time before it snowed again. And so the second time I cleaned my car, it was a fairly clear day. But as I was cleaning the car and assessing the parking lot and also listening to what was going on on the streets, I decided that I wasn't going to leave that day because of, well, fear again. I feared that because our parking lot hadn't been plowed, the limited amount of parking spaces that were available wouldn't be if I went out, sacrificed my spot, and then came back. So because of fear of losing my spot, I decided that I would wait until it was an even clearer day to leave and get out of the house. The last instance that fear came in and kind of reared its ugly head was the fear of missing an opportunity to have quiet business time because the upcoming week that I had was filled with virtual coffees and then a two-day in-person event that is over an hour, if you count traffic, away from me. So commute time is needed and then the actual time there. So because I feared that I wouldn't have time to get things done for my business because I hadn't been because of my daughter being home from school, I wanted to just ground in and secure into two or three hours of just having quiet business time, which would have run out the daylight. And as we know, snow turns to ice when temperatures drop. 
temperatures drop when the sun goes down. So that ran out my opportunity. The instinctual survival amount of fear that arose with the first instance was valid. The subsequent fears were due to my mind, were due to the fact that my mind was not living in the present. It was thinking about past circumstances where I didn't have enough time. And it was also thinking about the future and all of the events that were going to come that might prevent me from having the time that I thought I would have. As humans, we seek to avoid loss more than we seek to go out and, and gather gain. And I found that there are really three main things that hold us back in this a version of loss mindset. The first is sunk cost bias. This is when you continue to invest in something unprofitable simply because you've already invested in it. This loop, this cycle of fear can keep you trapped for years. The second reason that I found that we have this loss aversion is something called the endowment effect which is when you overvalue something that you own, you believe, you have created simply because it's yours. It's really hard to separate from a strong belief or an ideal or principle because it's yours. But when we ground into that kind of non-open mind we're unable to see blind spots because it's ours. It's our baby. We don't want to leave it in a way. The third is this thing called the consistency principle, which is when you continue to do something you've previously done in order to be seen by yourself and or others as consistent. I fell victim to this with Duolingo. We all know the little bird who helps you learn languages. Um, in America, most of us are learning Spanish because we all know that we should brush up on our Spanish. Most of us chose Spanish as our required language because we had to learn something else other than English in the United States schools. And so most of us chose Spanish because it seemed like the most monetizable <laughs> language that you could learn. On Duolingo, I chose to learn Spanish because I realized that even though I had taken Spanish in high school for two years, I really couldn't have a conversation with somebody who spoke Spanish. And so I wanted to better that. So I set off on my path. I went in with Taylor's dad on a yearly subscription to Duolingo. And it was great in the beginning, because I was trying to keep up with him, who was putting in, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a day into Duolingo. But when I didn't have that competitiveness in me, like fighting and things like that, I began to just simply want to keep the streak alive, which meant that I would do the bare minimum to get credit for doing Duolingo without actually taking the time to like learn and really be able to have a conversation with somebody in Spanish. I ended up hitting 
like a 400 and I don't know, eight, it was over 400 days in Duolingo with my streak. But one of the reasons why I decided to let it go, even though it would show everyone that I was consistent at something, was because I had to think about what I was gaining. I would have so many instances where in my neighborhood alone, because I live in a bilingual neighborhood, people would come up to me and they would say things in Spanish. And because of the speed, because of, you know, there are different dialects of Spanish. Like uh, some people slur their words more. Some people use more slang in their Spanish. And so because of those reasons and because of my lack of knowledge, I would find myself in situations where the other person was speaking Spanish and I had no idea what they were saying. I could pick up little itty bitty words from the consistency that I was building, but it wasn't enough to comprehend what they were saying. So I had to let it go. So those three things, just to recap, sunk cost bias, which is continuing to invest in something unprofitable simply because you're already invested in it. The next is the endowment effect, which is when you're overvaluing something you own, believe, or have created simply because it's yours. And then the last reason that I've found that humans kind of have this loss aversion is the consistency principle, which is continuing to do something you've previously done in order to be seen by yourself and or others as consistent. All of these are rooted and stem from the mind. The mind is a tricky beast. We live in a time where the logical mind is praised, but the mind is flawed. Sure, it possesses knowledge, but it doesn't possess wisdom. Wisdom comes through experience, and our bodies have so much wisdom just sitting untapped. It's when we learn to trust and understand the wisdom from within that beautiful things start to happen. I had a real use case instance of this. It's when we learn to trust and understand the wisdom within that beautiful things start to happen. I love that I get to share this story with you. Towards the beginning of the year, I recognized that I was kind of down and a little lost. And one of the things that human design showed me was that when I'm by a shore, I just naturally have this life force that gets activated. And so I figured that starting my new year in this energy, in this place where I thrive, where I know that I can feel my best, it wouldn't be the worst way to start off the new year. My brain, on the other hand, had a lot to say. First, it was the decision whether to go for one day or two. This back and forth had me paralyzed in analysis for two hours. Included in that was finances. Do you have the finances to really just get away for a couple of days? You have to buy food when you're there. You have to make sure, you know, there's all of these things that go into traveling. I don't need to dive super deep into it, but those things cost money. 
And my brain had a field day because historically I've hoarded money because money was seen as something that gets you to safety. And because of that, I figured if I had a lot of money stored away, I would feel safe. The opposite is true, but this is the way that my brain worked. My body knew, especially after being sick and being in the recovery period, that it would feel better if I gave myself this time. I knew deep wisdom, inner trusting, following my strategy and authority that I would walk away from this trip a lot better than when I went in. So I decided to lean into my intuition, to lean into my inner wisdom and ignore my mind. The world didn't crash and exactly what my body knew would happen, happened. It's when we give ourselves permission to let go of what's going on in our minds because our minds are really meant to weigh and compare and things like that. They're not meant to predict what's going to happen. They're not meant to make decisions in that way. So sometimes you have to really listen to what is happening underneath the surface. Human design has been an amazing way for me to tap into what that inner wisdom has to say. So if you haven't had your human design reading yet, I strongly encourage you to head over to my website, diamonddripconsulting.com, and at least get an energy diagnostic. Doesn't have to be the full comprehensive, but learning the way that you use your energy best and how to listen to that inner guidance system can be super helpful. Until next time, my lovely.